Welcome to another episode of Round Guy the Podcast. The Smithburg Auto of Fairfield, Iowa presents high school football in Southeast Iowa. Smithburg Auto, two locations to serve you better. If you need a car, call David. So uh, today on the phone with us is Coach Edeker of the Waco uh, football team that's 7-0. and uh, uh, Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Well, what a terrific season you've had. Uh, give us some... Uh, Give us our listeners some info uh, about, you know, how this all played out, you know, the whole season, the seven and zero, and you guys are done a little early. So. Yeah, we're actually are. Uh, we're supposed to play Tri-County this week, but Tri-County, uh, you know, didn't have a team. So we ended up playing uh, Twin Cedars in week zero. So we're actually eight. Uh, no, we, we did beat them that first week. So we did get our eight games in. Um you know, we didn't know what this was going to hold. Uh, we had a lot of seniors coming back. We had eight seniors. Uh, our entire offensive line, uh, an eight-man, I say the entire offensive line, that's three guys. Um, but uh, Tyler Sutton, Taylor Sutton, and Tim Willits all started every game at offensive line for us last year as juniors. So we had them coming back. And then we had two running backs, Jonah Clark and, and Drew Deers, that, were going to be behind Simeon Reichenbach this year. Simeon, um, you know, last year showed us, I think we needed to get him the ball more in a running back sense instead of a receiver sense. So uh, we asked Jonah and Drew to play tight end for us. Uh, and they've done a great job. Uh, you know, I think our front line has spent a ton of time in the weight room over the last three years, two, three years since we got our new weight room. And it, it shows uh, we've been very good at controlling the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, those five guys up front have done a great job of, of learning a new scheme. We were a wing T, uh, pull, uh, down block and pull scheme for years, well, for 20 years here. And we, and we were trying to run that in eight man and it, it worked and we were able to score points, but we couldn't score when we needed and we weren't as consistent as I wanted. So we sort of went to a modified zone scheme. It's not a true zone scheme like you'll see Iowa where those guys run. But it's a lot more double teams and a lot more of a, a zone type scheme. And these four, those five guys, and the strength that they put on the weight room have done a phenomenal job with it. Um, Simeon has shown that he's he's figured out the zone scheme to plant your foot, and make one cut, and get through the hole. Uh, and you know we've just been a very good running team for the majority of the year uh our passing needs some work and you know with our bye week this week we've actually had quite a bit of time to work on passing uh you know we looked good throwing the ball against Winfield in our last game there when we won the, the district title so you know things are starting to come together uh we've really played well you know I've spent this entire time talking about offense but the key to our entire team is our defense um you know we're averaging 12 points a game given up and for an eight-man team to average 12 points a game on defense is incredible and actually our total is probably less than that you know we we're, we we believe totally in, in team and, and getting kids playing time and and when we get up 30 40 points we're going to play kids on defense that don't normally play and, and you know some of our varsity kids are have sort of said well it's not really 12 we're, we're less than that because it's the jv that gave it up and it's like well we're still a team we you know we we gave up those points uh, but we do a really nice job on defense. I think, uh, you know, stopping the run is, is, a, is a key to for us, and we do a nice job. Our front three of Jonah Clark and Tyler Sutton, and then Tim Willits and, and John Rice play a nose guard for us in there. Um, they do a really nice job of, of setting 
the line of scrimmage backwards and, and getting negative plays, uh, both Jonah Clark and Tyler Sutton um, lead us in, in tackle for losses. They do a great job of getting tackles in the backfield and, and, and causing trouble. You know, our three linebackers, Drew Deers, uh, Simeon Reichenbach, and, and Taylor Sutton do a great job of, of keeping contained, uh, keeping things inside, filling gaps that the line, defensive line don't that, that they don't fill, you know, and, and stopping plays. Uh, you know, we've had numerous D-backs. We've had a couple injuries, so we had some more kids play back there, but Mason Miller and, and Zach Schmitz and Isaac Oswald, and, and this was a tough one. Oh, he's a, we have a foreign exchange student that came in, um, Odie Sheffenkook, Sheffenchuk, I think is how you say it. Um, those four have done a great job back there on defensive backs, uh, not only covering people, but um, tackling really well as part of our run game. So, you know, we're, we're really a senior-laden team with eight seniors. We have 14 juniors out also. So between those two upper classes, we've done a really, really nice job of, of being solid both offensively and defensively, and that's what it takes to go eight and know. You know, uh, what's to me more impressive and probably makes you way more ready for the playoffs uh, is how strong the conference that you played in is. The teams like New London and Waco and English Valley. I mean, or I mean not Waco, but Winfield, Mount Union. I mean, there, there's some pretty talent, good talent there. And you were able to week you after week have a, rise talent. to a challenge. When we, when, we, when we played English Valley, we were very concerned about Bo Flanders. Uh, you know, he is an exceptional back. And then we went to uh, New London, and, you know, we were worried about not only Blaze Porter playing, but, I mean, they are a, a physical team up front. And, you know, that was a 7-0 uh, eight-man game. I don't know how many 7-0 eight-man games you see, but both defenses played really, really well in that game. Uh, you know, we were able to get a, a pass from Simeon Reichenbach to, to Jonah Clark to actually break the tie and win that 7 nothing. That was a, you know, a hard-fought game. And then our last week, you know, we went over to, to Winfield last week, and, and Cam Buffington and and um, and his crew, I mean, they, he's got some, some other kids with him. He's a sophomore, obviously, and, and he's the leader of their team. But their seniors did a really nice job. I thought their offensive line was was very good. Uh, mm-hmm. They did a nice job of pass blocking. Uh, Cam sat back there and, and threw the ball and, they had a, and had not a lot of time, but we had to blitz in order to put pressure on him. Uh, you know, we weren't able just to beat their front line like we have with some other games. So I thought, you know, that all three of those teams have been really good. You know, and then you get a team like Iowa Valley, who, you know, they had six turnovers against us, and that really hurt them. But, boy, they got a ton of talent. Uh, you know, you saw that when they played New London. You know, they got on the right side of the score on that one and and didn't make the turnovers and made the plays, and, and you could see the talent that Iowa Valley had. So, yeah, it's I think it's going to prepare us for the playoffs. I don't think we're going to see um, – you know, we'll see some. You know, if we get Montezuma sometime down the road, you know, obviously, you know the Burgess is um, Eddie Burgess is, is quite the is quite the quarterback and, and a good athlete. But you know, seeing Cam Buffington last week is going to be very similar. So I mean, I think we've seen a lot that will help us prepare for the playoffs. You, you, nobody laid down and died for you this year. You had to win every game. Yes, we did. It was it was it was hard fault, and I was proud of our kids. And you know, this bye week kind of had a nice time. You yeah. know, we're getting to rest up a little. We. We worked on some throwing stuff, but we haven't been physical this week at all. We'll wait till next week when we find out who we're going to play before we start strapping it up and, and getting physical again. All right. Well, that's the, one of the questions uh, Scotty Melvin asked me was he, he's, he struggles to understand the playoff system a little bit. And how is it? And then who's got to win to make into the playoffs? And 
Okay. The way we're looking at it right now, the way the, the eight-man playoffs are, there are 10 districts, and there's 32 teams that get in. So the top three teams in each district get in. And then there's two at-large teams that go back to the old um, point differential. It used to be 13 points, and about five, six years ago, they switched it to 17 points. But it's uh, the point differential that's left in the state. So in our district right now, we're, we're – uh, first, and then Winfield and English Valley are playing for second place Friday night. Um, if whoever wins that game gets second, and then it goes into a bunch of what ifs. The third place will be, be determined by who wins that. If Winfield would win that, they would get second. And I and the way I look at it, I think English Valley is guaranteed third. So English Valley is in the playoffs also, just like we are. So English Valley is in the playoffs either way, but uh, Winfield still might be up in the air? Correct. If if Winfield loses that game, if English Valley beats them and Winfield loses, and it takes some more ifs here, I'm assuming that New London's going to beat HOV. HOV has one win on the season, and HOV, you know, so I think New London's going to win that. And if Iowa Valley beats Lone Tree, which if you look at their records and how they've been playing lately, it looks like that will happen. But if, say, those happen, then there would be a three-way tie for third between Iowa Valley, New London, and Winfield. And then it comes down to that point differential. Um, the way we got it figured out is that if that happens, then New London would probably get the, the third place. But that has to – that all depends on who wins and who wins by how much. So you really got to you know, score in this game this last game of the year. So I mean, if you can run up the score, you need to do it in this game is what you're saying. Well, you, you only get 17 points. The most you can get in a point differential from the state is 17 points. So if you win by 50 or you win by 17, you okay. get 17 points on the point differential. Okay. So the state does that to try to keep teams from running up the score. Yeah. So, so I mean, so 17 points is the most they're going to get in this point differential. So, but the thing is, if you look, uh, some of my coaches are more into this playoff stuff than I am, and we were talking last night after practice. Um, they think that either that New London or Winfield could get that fourth, one of those at-large bids, you know, that we have four teams come out of our district. So we know for a fact that us and the English Valley are in, and then it's just sort of, you know, a wait-and-see game on how the points come out all over the state to determine if we get one or two more teams in. So you might get – so who would you play then in the first round? Well, we don't know that. We're, we're number one seed, so what we're going to get is – we're guaranteed that we're going to get a three seed, uh, a third-place team. Um, I'm assuming they won't make us play a third place from our own district, that they'll, they'll cross district this. So I think third place in the district directly to our west is BGM. It looks like they're going to get third. And if we go north, um, it would be Edwards, Colesburg, or Midland, or possibly Springville, whichever one of those three comes out. They they also have one of those. It depends on who wins by how much Friday night in order to determine who gets third in their district. Um, so when a you... lot of the districts, number one's wrapped up, and, and that's done. It's the second and third place teams that are really going to come into play uh, here on Friday night. All right. Well, talk to me about the challenges of I might play this team or I might play this team or I might play this team. How do you prepare for the scenarios? Well, right. And actually it was good for us, in my opinion. 
Uh, I'm a big believer in, in working on fundamentals and not preparing for a team until we're going to play that team. We know we're not going to. Um, so we, we just worked on ourselves this week. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll find out Friday night, late Friday night, early Saturday morning, who we're going to play. Uh, and it'll just be a normal work week for us. We'll, you know, we'll find out Saturday morning who we're going to play with the, with the huddle film exchange system. It makes it super easy. Uh, you know, as soon as I find out within three minutes of me knowing who we're playing, I'll have any film I want on them. We can download all eight games if we want. We won't download that many. It doesn't make any sense to do that, but we'll download, you know, three or four games that they've played lately and, you know, start watching tape. So it's not as bad as it used to be when you had to go, you know, you had to set up a time to go meet somebody and, and exchange actual tapes and, and do that. That takes so much time with the huddle system. Now it makes it super easy to just, we just go online, we download the tape games we want and we can start watching. So it's not too bad right now. And, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, as coaches, we'll meet on Sunday and, I'll get that tape out to all my coaches on Saturday as soon as we get it, and they'll watch it on their own, and, and then we'll come together Sunday afternoon and and start putting a game plan together and, and get you ready for it. So it, it's a lot like every other week. So I think that's good for our kids also, that it's not different. It, it's the same. You know, it's not like it used to be when you played on Wednesday and you had to hurry everything up and everything had to go with the, uh, the all-Fridays format that the state now uses. It makes it really nice for us in terms of preparing and keeping the kids on the same schedule they have been and, and making everything work. We're talking with Coach Edeker of Waco, uh, talking to us about his 8-0 impressive season. Uh, look, talk to me just a little bit real quick about rankings, because I saw somewhere where you were like second and somewhere where you were like ninth. And what, what, where do you think you are ranked? I don't know. You're exactly right. We're all over the place. Um, I t- My kids were asked me that the other day in class, like, or the other day at practice. They're like, you know, shouldn't we be here? Shouldn't we be I said, guys, you got to understand, most of the guys that vote for a lot of these rankings have never seen an eight-man game. You know, you get you get some guys, you know, they follow football and they see scores and they watch it, but they've never actually watched an eight-man game and, and, and don't know. And they're going a lot on names. I mean, if you, you know, we and we had the same thing back in the in the 2008s, 9s, 10s. You know, we were really good back then. And we were getting votes because of our name, because we were Waco and we were really good. We've been to the quarterfinals. We've been to the playoffs you know, eight years in a row and made the quarterfinals a couple times and made the semifinals and, and we get ranked because of it. Um, you know, and then we went through a little down spell. You know, we had a, we had a down spell and we haven't been to the playoffs since 2013. Well, so, you know, we're, we're eight years since we've been there. So we're not getting the name recognition, but I tell them it doesn't matter. We, we're going to have to play everybody anyway. Uh, the state's not going to align us up by rankings, they're going to line us up by distance, you know, where how close you are to someone else to play. So we'll just take them as they come and, and not worry about it. Well, someone who just started this year covering high school football here at Round Guy, the podcast, uh, it was difficult to, you know, cover as many teams. And I'm trying to cover all the teams that other people don't cover, you know. But yeah, we cover like 15 games a week. But uh, anyway, so uh, if you're a listener, if you're a fan of uh, Waco and you want to hear the uh, – hear uh the games uh what radio stations cover you i think there's some youtube that covers you how how can how can we follow you our local we have what is called the warrior cast it's www.warriorcast.com and um that is a live streaming and it'll carry all of our games 
Uh, it is uh, usually local guys that are doing it, so they, they know people. Um, the problem is our home games, we sort of move around who's doing the game because our normal radio guy is our PA announcer on Friday nights at the football game. So he can't do the radio and do PA at the same time, so we have to get some fill-ins for home games. Um, and then I did hear that – actually, my, uh, our school secretary just came down and told me this morning that KLIJ out of Mount Pleasant has called and said they're going to cover – all of our playoff games this year. So um, both of those stations are, and I don't know if it's their AM or their FM. I don't know which one of the two uh, is covering that. I mean, like next week uh, when we play our first playoff game, they'll have their last regular season game down there. So I'm sure they're going to cover them on one station and us on the other. Uh, The warriorcast.com will always have it on. Um, And, um, you know, that's a good place to hear about us. Well, that's outstanding. Uh, uh, our, our guy that covers you is named Scotty Melvin, and he's been coming to your games, and uh, he says you have tremendous support from the community. It was. I tell you what, we went over to Winfield last Friday, and I understand it's only 10 miles or 12 miles or whatever it is, but, boy, both stands were full. That was a great high school atmosphere. Uh, you know, we had our stands are full. There's people lying on the side, standing against the fence. Uh, we've just had a really, really good year. Our student section, uh, I don't normally, you know, when I'm on the field, I don't normally hear anything behind me. I'm just sort of focused on the field. Uh, and for years, cheerleaders and, and, and girls in the student section talked to me about, hey, did you hear us? Did you hear us? And I'm just like, I'm sorry, I didn't. I really didn't hear you. And I tell you what, our student section has been very, very vocal this year. There have been numerous games where I've actually turned around and looked and like, wow, I, I can hear them this year. Uh, so, uh, you know, they're doing a great job. Uh, we have a lot of support. Uh, you know, we have a lot of tradition in this town of, of good football. And like I said, we had a little we had a little spell where we, we weren't making the playoffs and we, we weren't winning as many games as we were used to. But, you know, they showed that, you know, once we started showing good football and, and giving them a product to come see, that they were more than willing to come out and, and give us some great support. Yeah, it's worth the five bucks, according to Scotty Melvin. I'd say it is. I, and I get him free, so I, I, I guess I'm biased. But I tell you what, I think it's worth watching. This group has been fun to coach. Uh, they, they really like to get after it. Uh, you know, we used to have a, a thing called the Wheel of Fun that they had to spin if they missed practice because, you know, we had kids that just didn't feel like coming to practice sometimes because it was a lot of work. And so we had to try to motivate them to be there. We haven't had to spin that once this year. We don't have kids not wanting to come to practice. They're at practice. They're wanting to learn. They're wanting to get better. Uh, and I'm not just talking our starters. You know, we, we have all those juniors and seniors that are out and, you know, we got kids that are that are second team that are really just raring to get in there. And, honestly, most years they would start for us. We have a lot of second teamers that would start for us on most years. But, you know, we're, we're, our first group is, is really good. Obviously, that's the reason we're 8-0. And they're, they're, they're keeping those guys out. Um, you know, this, this team reminds me a lot of our 2010 team. Uh, we were the same 2009-2010 you know, 2009, we made the quarterfinals, and we lost, like, eight, nine seniors, and everybody was worried what was going to happen. We made the semifinals the next year, and it was just because we had so much depth. Uh, you know, we had so much depth, and our practices were so were so good, and, and it was just a, a great situation. And we have a lot of that same stuff this year. We got a lot of good depth. You know, we get a kid that gets nicked up or hurt or can't go, and we, we got another kid that can go in and play and, and be not only sufficient, be be good at doing what they're doing and 
you know, that's what makes you a good team. I and mean, we've had several games this year where we haven't had a, a starter, you know, that didn't even dress, that wasn't there and was out with an injury or, or whatever. And we just, you know, you know, it's a cliche, next guy in, but we just plugged in the next kid and he did a great job for us. And, you know, we got a, a really good senior class and, and a really good leadership. You know, two of our two of our captains are juniors, Simeon Reichenbach and, and Drew Deers are both captains voted on by the team. And they're not very vocal, but they, they lead by example and, and they work their tails off. And, and this whole class does. I mean, this whole team does. Like I said, it's just been fun to coach this year. Well, uh, Scotty Melvin is uh, asking me about this uh, Jonah Clark that you have. Also, Simeon Reinbach is a name that I just hear constantly as I'm interviewing people and talking to people or listening to, to the games. He seems to be kind of an explosive player. And what Scotty wants to know was players that you have that you feel like, uh, you know, a, a player like uh, uh, Jonah Clark, are these guys headed for college? Are they college material? Or do they have the ability to play beyond high school? Yeah, Jonah's, I mean, and I don't know, I'm sure Jonah's getting recruited. I, sometimes the, the recruiters go past me and write to the kids. You know, today's media, they can go right to the, the cell phone and, and get a hold of kids and, and stuff. But uh, I know we went down to Lamoni for a, a team camp this summer down at Graceland College. And we weren't there very long, and, and the, the Graceland coaches were talking to Jonah. I know they were they were big on him. Uh, you know, William Penn's been over a couple times to, to watch not only Jonah, but to watch Drew and to watch Simeon and, and some of these guys. And, you know, in the past, we've had a lot of kids that have been really good but have not really been interested in playing college football. I think these guys will. I know Jonah wants to play football, and um, there isn't a school in the Iowa Conference that wouldn't take Jonah to play for him. Uh, you know, he's a strong kid, great work work ethic, um, loves the weight room, uh, and just goes hard every play. So, you know, he, he's going to play someplace in college. Um, you know, and I haven't, you know, the, the Division three schools, the Iowa Conference stuff, they you know they really start recruiting a lot harder after um, after the season's over. We get in this winter, and they'll all come around and they'll all want to talk. And I mean, we have we have several kids that that are going to go on and play. But yes, Jonah will definitely. I know talking to him coming into the season, that was his goal. His goal was to have a great season, but he also wanted to to, to try to play college football next year and wanted to have a season that would allow him to do that. He's definitely doing that right now. So we got about four minutes uh, left. Well, just uh, talk to me about the playoffs and how you're going to prepare and what do you what do you what do you see? Uh, I know you're going to take it one game at a time. I think. Yeah, we're. You know, I, I'm hoping, and I mean, and it has nothing to do with with our district schools. But you know, one of the cool things about the playoffs is you get to prepare for somebody new. You know, we played everybody in our district has either been in our district last year or the year before that. And so, I mean, you know, you, you sort of see the same teams over and over and over again. And so I'm really sort of hoping to get a BGM or a, a Midland or, or an Edgewood Colesburg or somebody, somebody that we haven't seen in, in several years. I mean, it's been, I don't know, five or six years since we played a Midland uh, BGM. I think we haven't played them since we were 11 man. So that was six or seven years ago. We've never played Edwards Colesburg. Uh, you know, it's sort of fun to play other teams like that. And, and as a coach, as you're preparing for teams to, it's fun to, to to start from scratch and say, okay, what do we need to prepare for this team? And, you know, instead of, you know, when you go into a game against someone you played already, 
you know, you have preconceived notions, you know, and, and actually, you know, it happens a lot. I mean, yes, we beat all those teams, but they were all good games. And, you know, when you're the victor and you go into a playoff game like that, you don't change a whole lot because you won. And the loser ends up changing more and making adjustments because they had to because they couldn't do it the first time, which I think gives them an advantage. Um, I still think we, you know, we got a shot to, to come out of the, our bottom quarter here. I mean, we, you know, our goal is to, is to, make, the, to make the dome. You know, I, after we won the district title, I talked to my kids and I said, here's the deal. We started the year and said, we got to go 8-0. We want to go 8-0. We want to be district champs. We want to put our, our year on our monument. We have a little monument in the end zone that has all our district champs on it. I said, we want to engrave our year on that. And we got into the game and we were 8-0 and we were, we were there. And I said, okay, now our next goal is to go 3-0, right? We got to get three games. It takes us three wins to get to the dome, right? And that's where a lot of people, you know, yes, we want to make the championship too, but I mean, a lot of people that that dome is that first goal, and we're like, let's get to the dome, right? And then once we get that, then we'll have a goal going two and zero there and get to the state championship. But you, we got to set these at different levels, and you know, so our goal right now is to get three wins in a row, you know. And don't wrong, we got to win one at a time, just like you said. But that's our goal. We want to stay focused and, and go one at a time and get three wins in a row and get to the dome and see what happens there. Well, we've been talking with Waco Warrior coach Coach Edeker. Uh, he's got me all, I was already excited. Now I'm 10 times more excited. I, uh, I talk, I just will wrap this up by saying we talked to Cole, uh, and, uh, Zach from KCII. And, uh, I asked him, you know, he, they, they basically think your team and Sigourney, you know, are the two teams that are going to put their cleats on the ground at the Unidome this year. And, uh, both of you guys had a great season and, uh, we have a lot of listeners in Wayland and, uh, uh so, uh, go Warriors, appreciate you, and thanks for being on.